going to finish our study this morning in the book of 1 Peter. And before we open God's Word together, let's spend some time in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what a joy to call upon you. What a joy to know the assurance of eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a joy to be a part of what you're doing in the world. What a joy to gather together with your people. What a joy to know that the payment for sin has been paid in full and we bear the curse of sin and its shame no longer. What a joy to call upon you as our Heavenly Father. What a joy to know the presence of your Holy Spirit. What a joy to have your word and its promises. What a joy to be a part of your forever family. Jesus, would you work this morning through your word to win the lost and to build believers and to equip workers for your harvest field? And would you bless and support through the prayers of your people as we gather this morning, the local heroes who serve so tirelessly, both here and around the world, to restrain and repair fallen humanity. And we look to you, King Jesus, as the one who one day will renew all things and has done everything needed to redeem human nature and the effects of the fall. We look to you, Jesus, and we pray in your name. Amen. You, you guys like to wait Anyone like to wait? Anyone just get excited about waiting? So a few days ago, I went to Publix. I don't go to Publix very often. I'm really glad to live on this, in this part of town because now I really never go to Walmart. Uh, but I'm, I don't go to shopping very often because I never see a BOGO I can't resist. And I always come back with way too many, too many groceries. So Suellen doesn't send me to the... Publix very often. And since I don't go to Publix very often, when I do go to Publix, I'm only getting a few things most of the time. So I went to Publix and I have my basket and I, just a few items. And I get to the checkout and all I see are full carts of groceries in the people in front of me in line. I mean, they must have been like coupon crazies, like they were full of bogos and things overflowing in every lane. I hate to wait. We all hate to wait. And if you will pay attention to what I tell you this morning, you will learn that there is one thing worth waiting for. And you don't want to miss it. It is Jesus Christ and his full, final, complete victory over all of his enemies. When he comes again to establish the final state of things, you don't want to miss that. And it will be worth the wait. And I can tell you confidently that Jesus Christ who's come once in humility, in poverty, 
in weakness, to pay the full ransom for sin, Jesus Christ is going to finish what he started. Jesus Christ is going to finish. Jesus finishes what he starts. What he starts in you, what he starts in us. Jesus finishes what he starts in the world. Jesus finishes what he starts in the entire universe. Jesus finishes what he starts. Now let's jump into this passage. We're doing great. Verse 9. Chapter 5, verse 9, resist him, for, not Jesus, okay? Resist your enemy, the devil, okay? Let's clarify who that him is. For resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world, resist him. I want to invite each and every one of you into the resistance. You can be a part of a resistance movement in the world today that is actively seeking to stop the power of evil and darkness in the world. And you don't have to be amazing. You don't have to be supermen or women, all you have to do is stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Now, how are you going to know everything that you've been given in Christ? Well, thankfully, the Bible helps us. Scripture says in the book of Philemon, Paul writes to Philemon and he says, I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith that you might know everything you've been given in Christ. Now, this is what that verse means. That the one thing, the most important thing that you can do to enter into the resistance is tell others about Jesus Christ. Share your faith. And get this. The one thing that can enable you to grow and stand firm in your faith is share Jesus with others. You win coming and going. When you enter into the resistance, you tell others about Christ. And when you tell others about Christ, you stand firm in your faith. It's amazing. So I have an opportunity for you. In two weeks, I'm going to Jacksonville for a few hours, just one day of training. And I'm inviting anyone who wants to go with me to Jacksonville on Saturday, October 23rd from 9.30 to 3.30. And I want to help you be equipped to share your faith. It's called Equip America. And in cities around the country, Evangelism Explosion is going to be equipping people to share their faith in Jesus Christ in a simple, transferable way. And then we're going to go out and do it and just see what God does. We're going to get in the resistance. Would you like to be a part of the resistance? Then join me. You can register online at equipamerica.org. Come up after the service. I'd be happy to give you more information. But we get to go in and be a part of the resistance. 
Now, how do we stay in it? How do we stay encouraged? Because we've seen through this whole book that it's hard to be in the resistance. It's hard to be in the front lines. Those of you who have served in law enforcement or you've served in the military, you're a frontline worker in the medical field, you know how hard it is to be on the front lines. What keeps us going? Well, Peter says, the more you get to know what God is doing around the world, the more encouraged you'll be. So let me give you three resources, well, four, four resources that can help you know what God's up to on the front lines, both here and around the world. If you go to our website, goodnewsloves.com forward slash global outreach, you can find out more about the churches that have been planted around the world as we invest 13% of all that's given to Good News Church. And thank you so much for your generosity. But as we invest those resources, we're able to plant churches around the world. And when you find out what God is doing through your brothers around the world, you'll be encouraged in your local resistance, in your local engagement. So you can find out more on our website. There's a ministry called the Joshua Project. Their website is thejoshuaproject.net. And it is researching and praying and giving people opportunities to adopt people groups so that Matthew 24, 14 can happen. We're talking about Jesus' return. Do you know what needs to happen before then? The gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to all the nations, the ethne, the people groups of the world. All have to hear about Jesus. And the Joshua Project is working to track and pray and send people into that work. Check it out. Or... Open Doors. Open Doors is a ministry. You can learn more at opendoorsusa.org. Um, opendoorsusa.org. And they track the counterattack. See, the resistance is going out, but the enemy counterattacks. And Open Doors USA helps the church pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. When you get involved, Locally and globally, you're standing firm in your faith. It'll keep you encouraged. One more, Operation World is a great ministry designed to get people praying. And on their website, they have resources to help you pray for the nations. Um, OperationWorld.org. And why do I share all that with you? Equip America, these ministries, our own church planting work. Because I want you to get involved in the resistance. And I want you to be encouraged. Because when we do stand for firm in the faith, we face opposition. We face the counterattacks. Oh, but be encouraged. What we're experiencing is nothing like what our brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing. Verse 10. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, 
and establish you. Jesus Christ finishes what he starts. If you're a frontline worker, you're involved in nursing, the medical field, you spend all day when you're working, you spend all your time trying to repair broken, sick, ill bodies who are, which are falling apart because of the fall. If you're in law enforcement, you spend your entire shift trying to restrain the evil that is in the world because of sin. And it's hard. But I want you to know I am so glad to be a follower of Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're a frontline worker, if you're a local hero, I encourage you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus. Because Jesus Christ isn't just going to repair human nature. He's not just going to restrain fallen human nature. Jesus Christ has redeemed and one day will renew all things to the praise of his glory. And let me show you what Jesus Christ is going to do and is currently at work in the world to do. Verse 10 says that he's going to perfect all things. I've been at this a long time, following Jesus, and I know it to be more true today than ever before in my life, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost of all. John Newton, the great pastor who wrote the hymn, Amazing Grace, God had saved him out of a lifestyle of slave trading. He became a minister of the gospel, and at the end of his life, he said, I've come to know two great things. I am a great sinner, and I have a great Savior. But do you know what Jesus is going to do one day? One day, he's going to perfect all things. And the presence of sin that I see so clearly in my life one day, the presence of sin is going to be taken away. And you know what else? It's going to stay that way. For all eternity, there won't be the possibility of sin ever again. Jesus Christ is going to perfect all things. Jesus Christ, verse 10, says he is going to confirm all things. We don't see Jesus now but we love him and we trust in him. We don't see Jesus now and so many things about Jesus we read in the word and we have to take it by faith. Now listen, it's not blind faith. It's very rational. It fits with reality. The Bible is true truth. We're not just jumping into the darkness and trusting in Jesus. There are real reasons to believe in him. But one day, when Jesus comes again, he's going to confirm everything. 
and everything that we've believed about him is going to be true. And we're going to see him and we're going to touch him and we're going to worship him forever. Everything that we've staked our lives and eternities on is going to be confirmed. Jesus perfects, confirms. Jesus strengthens. We live in a world where entropy abounds. Everything falls out, wears out, and one day everything dies out. But in Jesus Christ, one day Jesus Christ is going to strengthen the universe. And he's going to renew the universe in such a way that it won't wear out. Entropy will no longer reign in the universe. Everything is going to be so strengthened that it's going to last for eternity. No more redundancies. No more wearing out. No more need. It's going to be strong forever. An eternal kind of strength. And it's going to come directly from Jesus Christ. One more established, established. We live in a day when everything that seemed to be a sure and certain foundation, truth, marriage, family, the sanctity of human life, gender, Everything that we thought was sure and certain and couldn't be shaken has been shaken. But one day, Jesus Christ is going to establish everything. And when he establishes the final state of things, it is going to be so sure and so certain all the way down, as deep as you can go, It won't ever be shaken. And so, stand firm. Stand firm, Christian. Jesus Christ, your Redeemer, is making and is going to make everything new. Perfect, confirmed, strengthened, and established. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. How do we know? How do we know that it's going to happen? Because Jesus has the kratos. He has the power. We live in what's called a democracy. People power. Democratus. People power. Jesus has kratos in himself not dependent on anyone else, not dependent on the people, not dependent on our opinions, not dependent on popular opinion or unpopular opinion. Jesus Christ just has power, dominion. And that's how I know that I know that Jesus is going to do everything he promised to do. He finishes what he starts because he has the power in himself to accomplish it. Verse 12, through Silvanus, our faithful brother, for so I regard him, I have written to you briefly 
exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings. And so does my son, Mark. So Peter says, I'm not alone in this work. I'm not alone. I've got Silvanus with me. And Silvanus is with me, and Mark is with me, and we're hanging out in Babylon. Where's Babylon? Well, Babylon had long since fallen, but the church had come to begin to call Rome Babylon. The greatest city in the world at the time was Rome, and some of the Christians were living there. Silas was living there with Peter. Where did they meet? They met many years earlier in another city called Antioch. And Silas went from Antioch with the Apostle Paul on some of his missionary journeys. And now he's spending time with Peter in Rome. And so is Mark. Who's Mark? Well, it's John Mark, who also was a companion of Paul. And Mark would write with Peter's eyewitness testimony... Mark would write the second gospel that we have in our Bibles, the book of Mark. And he would send it to the church at Rome to show that Jesus Christ is the King. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one who has all dominion. It's not Caesar. It's Jesus. And so he'd write the gospel with Peter's help to send to the church at Rome a defense of the identity of Jesus as the King of kings and Savior of sinners. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace be to all who are in Christ. How substantial is this work that Jesus Christ has come to accomplish. How deep and abiding and great is the work of Jesus in his people. So deep that people were willing to greet one another with a kiss of love. So close had they become because of the work of Jesus that they were willing to love one another and encourage one another and help one another and pray for one another and serve one another and be hospitable to one another. And it's all summed up, this life of one anothering is summed up by Peter in this phrase, greet one another with a kiss of love. Jesus finishes what he starts. And I am confident on the basis of this verse that one day people will come into this place who don't know Jesus and they're going to meet you guys and they're going to be blown away at the love you have for one another. They're not going to be impressed with, with the size of our room or the color of our room, but they will be impressed by the love you have for one another. They may not be impressed by by any number of things that we have to offer them, but they will be impressed by you as you greet one another with a kiss of love. And how can I be confident of that? 
Because Jesus finishes what he starts. And I see so much evidence of the spirit of love and the spirit of God in you. And I just want to fan it. I just want to get it going. And what gets it going? The gospel gets it going. It's the grace of God that gets it going. So what I want for you this week, what I want for you this week is to stand firm in grace. Stand firm in grace. So how do you do that? How do you stand firm in grace? Well, you got to make sure you're standing in the right place. you got to make sure you're standing in Christ. It's repeated twice in the passage. In verse 10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Then in verse 14, greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace be to all who are in Christ. In Christ. Now, one of, uh, one of my friends, pastor in the PCA, wrote a book called Union with Christ. And this is what he says. Against the prevailing mindset of our day, which is this, you are what you make of yourself. Union with Christ tells you that you can discover your real self only in relation to the one who made you. You are not, you cannot be self-made. Union with Christ tells you that you can only understand who you are in communion with God and others. And that is a wildly countercultural claim. It's the cry of the resistance. I'm not who I was made to be by myself. I'm, I am who God's called me to be. I'm in the resistance. I'm living a countercultural life. My boast and my confidence is in Christ. And that is 100% true of you or 100% not true of you. You're either in Christ or you're outside of Christ. Let me ask you this. Am I married or not married? Thank you. I'm married. Now, can I say I'm married on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? How'd Sue Ellen feel about that? Honey, listen, I'd like to rearrange our, our agreement. I'd like to only be married on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. How's that going to work? Not so good. What about this? This week, Sue Ellen went to Greenville, South Carolina, to see her parents. She was in Greenville, and I was in St. Augustine. Were we married? Yes. What about this? I take, man, I need to drink more water. I take off my ring. Am I still married? Yes. I'm either married or I'm not married. You are either in Christ or you're not in Christ. Now, let me tell you what you get from being in Christ. Let me tell you what you get from being in Christ. And let me illustrate it with this umbrella. There is 
an umbrella of salvation that Jesus Christ offers to you. Outside of the umbrella, outside of Christ, there is only the certain danger of the wrath of God against sin, your sin and the sins of the world. There is the danger of the wrath of God and the judgment of God which is coming. But in Christ, there is the shelter of His grace. There is the hope of eternal life through what He's done. And what has He done? He's done all of it. He's covered you in the full umbrella of salvation. Jesus Christ says that in Him, in me, Jesus says, you are justified. You are justified. What does that mean? It means that God takes all of your sin and on the cross, Jesus paid the full and awful penalty that your sins deserve. They're paid in full. And he, through justification in Christ, he credits you with his righteousness. The record of righteousness that Jesus Christ racked up on your behalf through his obedient life gets credited to your account in Christ. What a Savior. That he says, under the umbrella of salvation, you are now called in Christ child of God, a son, a daughter, with all the full rights and privileges of a son of God. And so J.I. Packer, in his summary of the New Testament and the teachings of the gospel, says, what's it all about? Adoption through propitiation. Adoption through the work of Jesus Christ for us. You're in. If you're in Christ, you're a child of God. That's who you are. That's your identity. Who are you? I'm a child of God. God is my heavenly father. Heaven is my home. Today is one day nearer. All Christians, Jesus is my big brother, and all Christians are my brothers and sisters too. That's what you get in Christ. Sanctification. That the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he begins a work in you to make you more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. He enables you by the power of the Holy Spirit more and more to die to sin and live under righteousness. That's who you get. That's what you get in Christ. And one day, in Christ, you will be a part of the glorified universe where everything sad will come untrue and Jesus will establish the final state of things, renewing and redeeming and applying his power, his dominion to everything. You and the universe will be perfect without spot or stain. All of that happens in Christ. So the only question is, are you in Christ? How do you get there? This passage says that it starts with a call. 
God called you. It starts with a, a call of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes and he, he makes you new and enables you to respond to Jesus' invitation. The, the guy Mark that I mentioned, he wrote the book of Mark. And he records Jesus' first words in that book as this. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. What is repentance? It means turning from whatever it is you're trusting in to perfect and confirm and strengthen and establish you and turn to Jesus and look to him to be the one who will forgive you of all your sins. To look to Jesus as the one who will give you a record of righteousness. Who will be the one who will perfect and will confirm and will strengthen and will establish you. You turn from all the empty things that we think are going to give us life. And we turn to Jesus and we say, Jesus, you alone can give us life. And having turned from our sin, we trust in Christ alone for salvation as he's offered in the gospel. We rest ourselves completely on his work and we don't bring any of our deadly doings into the equation. It's Jesus plus nothing. That's what we trust in. So we turn from sin and we trust in Christ. We repent. And we believe. Have you? Are you in Christ? I invite you. As just a man. I invite you to come. Turn from your sin. And put your trust in Christ. And if you are hearing. In my words. The voice of God. Speaking to your heart. That's his call to you come to Jesus. Turn away from your sin and put your trust in him alone. That's what I'm saying to the non-Christians who are here. But what about you Christians? You've put your trust in Christ. You've repented of your sins. But are you drawing from the resources of Jesus? Are you living and drawing from the promises of his justification, his adoption, his sanctification, his glorification. Are you drawing from that? Or are you just trying to do it on your own? Quit that. Repent and believe the gospel. Come back under the umbrella. Come back under the promises of Jesus Christ to you. The other day when I was at Publix, you know what happened? I was standing in line with my basket. I was standing there, a basket case in a world of full carts. And you know what happened? This very nice high school girl went to her counter and she said, I can help the next person in line. And a way was made for me. To get out of that store, a way has been made for you. Repent and believe the gospel. Christian, a way has been made for you. Stand firm in it. 
in Jesus Christ and his full umbrella of salvation. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We thank you that we can stand in Christ, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but a righteousness that is a gift of God, a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. Jesus, thank you that our standing with you is not based on our performance, but Christ's performance. Oh, Jesus, we turn loose. We turn loose of everything else that we trust in for life, and we turn and we trust in you. If you're ready to say that today to Jesus for the first time, won't you say to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Forgive me all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my life as Savior and Lord and help me become the person you want me to be. And Jesus, may all of us take encouragement this morning from who we are in Christ. And may we join the resistance to tell the world, Jesus Christ reigns. I pray this in his name.